Welcome to the JVB Health and Wellness Podcast. On today's podcast, we have discussions about food, food ingredients, vitamins and vitamin supplements, blood work, food allergies, and a number of other topics. Enjoy. Hey, Jim, it's Jeff. How are you? Good. How's it going, Jeff? Good. Good. I uh, am walking and then running, so I'm going to participate while I do that. And then I've got to move the car and do all those wonderful New York City things. <laughs> yeah, you're in Brooklyn? Yeah, we just got back. Um, you know, we were in South Carolina and now in Long Island. And uh, we're back the last two days. Madison's in remote school. And uh, I'm, you know, back to city living, whatever you want to call city living these days. I'm sorry. So, I heard you say you got your weight down to, but then it was windy. Where, where'd you get down to? Sorry about that. So I got to like 202, 203. Great. And yeah, and then I ballooned back while I was with them to like, you know, 210, you know, right. depending on some days you're over 210. So how, many day, how many days did that, that take to, to gain it back? I'd probably have a solid two weeks, you yeah, know? I, mean, I can gain eight pounds. And I have the same body structure you do. Like, I can gain eight pounds in a couple of days, you know, easily. Yeah, but it would, it would go between 207, 214, you know, whatever the thing we're eating, drinking. You know, we, I, I imbibed, you know, I uh, – got off the plan but it's very interesting because i'm back in brooklyn and i said to my wife i'm got to get back on a plan and i will say this we, i never said it before but we're talking about having a family dinner and i said okay you choose what you want to eat my daughter choose what she wants to eat and i'll choose what i want to eat we'll all eat at the same time she looked at me like hmm where'd that come from I'm like oh talking to jim <laughs> what'd she say so I, she, no, she's up for it i think we need to get more structure um, because we're just back now and like I'm going on this walk so it'd be dinner time or walk run with you. Um so no, I think she's up for it. I think she's up for it. Um I think my daughter's up for it. And uh that's it. I mean I don't have um I you know, I talked to somebody the other day who they're friended comrades and I was, you know, envious of that. And I mentioned about the um time breaks, you know, when you're the cutoffs you get to, you know the cutoffs and, and they said that they, when they did it, there were no cutoffs. So I think that they must've done it like 10 plus years ago before there were cutoffs. Yeah. Um, and, uh, no, so it's something that, you know, I still want to do and, uh, that's it. I can't tell you. Am I, no, I mean, I'm, I'm good. Today's good. You know, I'm good. So how are you? What's going on in California? Uh, it's all good here. I, I think that, um, yeah, there were cutoff times, even back to, I'm just looking on the internet. Uh, well, the original, yeah, the original time was the overall race. I don't know when they added the intra-race cutoffs. Um, I just want, before I talk about myself, I just want to say that I think that uh, one of the keys to um, good health and particularly good weight is definitely um, – working with your family to be able to do what you did. So I, I commend you for, you know, having the guts to do that. A lot of people just don't do it and they're miserable and they don't want to be eating what everyone else eats. I'll tell you in my family, we all eat something different. It's very interesting. If we cook stuff, we all cook different things. Uh, if we go out to eat, 
one kid wants to go one place, another kid wants to go another place. I want to go another place. My wife wants to go somewhere else. But we all get what we want. And it's not personal. It's kind of like the Godfather. It's not business. I guess I would say it's health. It's not personal, you know? Right. And right. how much, how much better point. are you? And look, when, when we go and we do what you did and we imbibe and we have fun, I'm all for doing that. Um, you know, uh, and you have the body type like I do that you can put on that kind of weight very quickly. Uh, but when I'm not doing it, like it was my daughter's 12th birthday yesterday and, you know, we kind of picked out a little bit and I just knew when I was doing it, I'm going to enjoy this because I'll just get back on the program tomorrow and I'm back on the program now and I already feel better even in hours when I get back on the program versus eating, you know, kind of not on the program. And, and for me, like I try and find the, the healthier crap, if you will, to eat, you know what I mean? Versus the really unhealthy stuff. And sometimes, you know, yeah. you don't have some of the unhealthy stuff, but the really unhealthy stuff. But I try and find the higher quality. So, but it's going to require you to do things that you probably are uncomfortable doing. You know, when you start getting into this, like each person going to eat a different thing. It's either, you know, you have a companion or family member that's completely willing to, you know, just make you different food. Or in most families, it they're not. And that's fine. And we should just accept that. And it just means you got to make your own stuff. I don't even ask because you know what? I like the way I cook my food. I make multiple days of my, you know, lunch and dinner. I make multiple days of my oatmeal plus five plus four for breakfast. And so it's so relaxing, like knowing, like I went on my run, I got back to my run. I have my oatmeal plus five plus four. I had that, you know, and then, um, I had some leftovers from the typical bowl I make for dinner, which is some combination of, you know, avocados and um, sweet potatoes and some greens, corn, etc. Um, want to mute it, Jeff? Um, yeah. Thank you. You know, and then, but I'll make three or four or five days worth of that, right? And so I have that. It's good to go. I know I have it for dinner tonight. Now, I might not have that. I'm currently thinking I might go to Kava. I don't know if you've ever been to Kava. Kava's awesome. And you can get like a green and grains bowl there that probably has about 30 different types of, 20 to 30 different types of um, things in it. And like it'll have, they have like these splendid greens, uh, which probably have five or six different types of greens. Each one of those has different phytonutrients, which is great. So that's six. You know, then all of a sudden you go and you add in, you know, some lentils and some quinoa and tomatoes and they have all kinds of different things and it, it's, it's, it's just awesome. So um, I always try and shoot for the food diversity. Uh, I have been um, noticing a number of people I coach over the last month that a lot of people come to me and they say they want to lose weight, right? And then we start to talk about food. And what I've been really into lately is pe a lot of people send me pictures of what they eat. I think you've done that in the past, Jeff. Uh, they send me pictures of what they eat. And then it gives me a sense of, you know, kind of what they're putting into their body. And I'm not looking to, you know, make people uncomfortable. Some people, if they don't feel comfortable sending me a picture, then don't send it. You know, it's 10,000 times easier than, uh, you know, tracking your food on my fitness pal or somewhere else, right? And the only way that I can know as a coach what's going on with people is if I know what they're putting into their body, right? And I know what they're exercising and I know how they're moving. I know what their heart rate is when they're exercising. I know what their sleep is. If I can know all those different variables, I can help. And, you know, I, you know, 
I view it as kind of like problem solving. And uh, I'm working with a bunch of people right now. And a lot of them are sending me pictures of what they're eating. And I would call them um, highly processed, very not diverse. There's no, you know, maybe they'll just have one or two things on the plate. I never want people to have one or two things on the plate. That's why I'm so big on the oatmeal in the morning with the different fruits and the flaxseed. You know, if you have five flax, five fruits and you have oatmeal and you have some ground flaxseed, that's seven different plants right there. And I put many more things than that in my bowl now. I just have less quantity, you know. And so what I'm learning is that the diversity uh, of people is poor. Or I have a lot of people that say to me, oh, I'm eating great. I eat mostly unprocessed food. And then we'll dig in when they send me pictures and I'll ask questions. And, you know, maybe maybe there will be things that have sugar. Uh, but where, I th where I'm seeing currently people falling down the most, and you get a kick out of this, is um, in dressings and additives to food. So somebody might make some great chili, but then they go add chili powder that has the worst stuff in it. It has hydrogenated products or hydrolysized products, or it has high fructose corn syrup. It has refined sugars. They use the lowest possible quality ingredients. You think of those little packets you go and they're like so cheap, right? Now, I would say in a situation like that, try and find the one that's the healthiest of them. There's going to be some, some of those packets that are much, much healthier, right? That don't have the bad stuff in it. Or people will go and they will add lots of different dressing. And so they'll tell me, I'm eating really healthy. But when you add that dressing, you can completely almost, not completely, but very much obliterate uh, a lot of the benefits when you take something that's got a lot of good health stuff in it, and then you put some, some really unhealthy dressing or refined sugars. So that's kind of what I'm seeing right now. So Jeff, I, I think for you, it, you know, it's all about planning. It's all about time management, which are, you know, one of my pillars, which means you got to have the food to cook it. You got to plan and allocate the time to cook it. If you have to find a spot in New York City, which is, I think, the most, the thing I detest more than anything, maybe, on the planet is finding a, a parking space in New York City. It's the worst. Um, I finally just said I'm not going to do that anymore, and I finally put it in a lot. Uh, but you know, some nights you get lucky and some nights it takes you an hour and a half, right? And that hour and a half is so valuable for the health. You going to say something, Jeff? So you, so, yeah, so you nailed it. Like, so it was really funny. I've gotten pretty lucky. I used to have a garage and then COVID hit, got really expensive. I'm like, I'm not paying for this garage. It was like 500 bucks a month. And um, so then we went away. So street parking. So I've been lucky. I got one ticket so far, but you know, in the course of a month, that's fine. But like last night, Jim, it took like, I would say almost two hours to finally find a parking spot. Like I stopped, I parked <laughs> in a temporary spot, went and had dinner and then went back out. And I'm just like, my time is so worth more than driving around looking for a parking spot. Yeah. Well, I'll, so, yeah, I'll tell you, I'm paying, you know, when I'm in New York City, I'm paying over $500 a month. And then when COVID happened, I have a lot of friends that went back to their gyms and said, let's make it 250, not 500. And some people cut those deals. But, you know, it, it is, it, you know, can you mute it for a second, Jeff? It is about trying yeah. to figure out what is the most important thing in our lives. And for me, I finally came to that decision. Anybody that's listening to this that either lives in New York City or has lived in a place that has really hard parking. I used to say living in Madison, Wisconsin, going to the University of Wisconsin, that is the worst place ever to find a parking space if you're living right in the heart of campus. And I used to put my car in this uh, parking lot and I just would take the tickets because it was that hard. And, and I knew that if I was going to put in a lot or pay for parking, I was going to pay for more. And I would just, is a Russian roulette about whether or not I was going to get a ticket. And then one day they put the clamp on my car. 
and then I had to go pay hundreds of dollars worth of tickets. Then I started parking my car in a lot at a place called Big Mike's, which you might recall, which I think Big Mike's, I happened to come across a checkbook when I was cleaning up my apartment recently, and I saw a check that I wrote to him for parking. It was like 60 bucks a month back then in college. That's like a crazy amount of money. But I think that business was sold to uh, Jimmy John's, right? Is that right, Jeff? I think so. I think it was. It was finally sucked up by him, yeah. So I used to go there every every day, multiple times a day. Number four, number 11. You? Yeah, I don't remember the numbers. I just remember going there a lot and just enjoying it. I thought it was great. I mean, I, I, whenever I did that, though, I always tried putting a salad on a sandwich, and I still do. If I go into a, a shop like that, I'm like, as much lettuce, you know, cucumbers, peppers, tomatoes, and everything as possible. But, uh, yeah, I ate a lot of it. Yeah, and if we talk about uh, my food principles, I just want to go over them again. And I want to add one that we haven't talked about before. But, you know, you know, I'm a big believer on trying to eat as much unprocessed food as you can, right? It's just I think that's what the body is meant to consume. And it's just you can't overeat unprocessed food. You just can't. There's a book called, by Dr. Joel Furman called Eat to Live. And you can eat as many fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds as long as they're unprocessed as you want. You can stuff yourself. Like I usually finish my meals and I'm really full. So I say to my kids, I, I'm, I st- I'm stuffed, right? And you just don't, you, you know, over time, if you're just eating unprocessed food, the body can handle it. That's what Dr. Joel Furman talks about in his book. But so I want people to eat a lot of unprocessed food, but I've certainly evolved into, I also want people to eat as much fiber as possible. And I am a person who I think, as you know, has Crohn's disease. And I went through about 15 hospitalizations over years and years and years where, you know, I went... 15 or 20 years with not eating really any or very little fiber just because it was roughage and it would cause me to go to the bathroom. But what I realized over time when I really changed my life and designed this program about 11 or 12 years ago now, the fiber is critical. And everything I've read about the nutrients that you can get out of fiber, what it can do for your gut bacteria, it's critical. So when I see people send me these pictures of the food they're eating, you know, Sometimes somebody might send me a picture where I, I remember one I got recently. It was the carrots, uh, the baby carrots. It was some avocado with some pepper, and it maybe had one other thing. Maybe it had a couple pieces of chicken on it. You know, I don't eat those baby carrots anymore because those are the they manufacture those out. I think over leftover carrots, and I read somewhere years ago that they washed them with eye and like some bad stuff. I think they have fixed that, but I'm not eating those. I'd rather eat real carrots versus the manufactured carrots. So eating, my advice when I start getting these pictures is I want you to increase your food diversity. I want you to have more and more different types. It's about greens. It's about beans. It's about having as many different types of fiber as you can. Now, I don't really do breads. I just don't feel good when I eat breads, and I find them to be pretty nutritionally deficient. I want people to be nutritarians in terms of getting as many nutrients into your body. And when you're talking about diversity and you're talking about getting a lot of fiber into your body, all of that is nutrient-dense, not uh, nutrient-deplete, right? And so I tend not to do really much of the breads. They taste so good, but I never feel really good, and I'm hungry afterwards. And so I tend not to do much of the pastas, and I tend not to do much of the rices. I might do some brown rice. I I just, I think for some people, it just depends. Some people will tell you they can eat brown rice every day and um, feel great and, you know, great. I just, I can't. So I want people to eat as many of the different uh, food diversity uh, fibers as possible. Yeah, we talked about it. I know you sent me that thing, but I was looking for like with the chart and whatever. 
but I'd like to get on that. Kind of. Here's my list. Here's my, you know, list of things to do. Like breakfast, I got down, right? I'm in, it's either, you know, regular oatmeal or steel cut oats. And then it's the, uh, flaxseed and everything in there. And then I do, um, the five fruits. But on the five fruits, do you use frozen foods or do you use breakfast? I use both. Um, uh, you know, since I'm making, uh, about four days worth or five days worth now in one sitting, I find it very hard to time going to the supermarket unless I use everything I buy for those four or five days. If I can do that, it's great. I go to the supermarket, I buy some red grapes, I buy some blackberries, raspberries, strawberries, bananas. I just use it all. But I like to keep frozen fruit in the freezer. It's picked at the height of freshness and it's just as healthy, um, sometimes even more healthy than some of the, um, you know, fruits that you get that are already starting to kind of decay a little bit. So I do both. For me, like I know that if I'm doing, uh, so I'll make my current day and then I'll make probably four more Tupperwares. It's the Tupperwares. It's the best. So I always do frozen mangoes. I love mangoes. So I just take, you know, a handful of mangoes and put it in each of the Tupperwares. I usually do frozen cherries, although Trader Joe's has not had frozen cherries um, in at least three or four months now, they have a frozen mix called very berry cherry, which is great. I use that in all my smoothies and sometimes I will put it in my oatmeal plus five plus four. It is, that one is not organic. Um, I, people are like, well, everything should be organic. My view on organic and not organic is that it's a million times better to eat anything unprocessed versus anything processed, whether it's organic or not. There's been a lot of studies about this, but I think at the end of the day, um, anything unprocessed is great. And if I can get it organic, I will eat it organic. Now, if you eat, or I think the most important things to eat organic are eggs by far. We will never have any eggs unless they're organics because if they're not organic, those eggs will get some of the antibiotics they pump into the chickens. And then that, that those antibiotics get into your, um, they get into your system and they get into your gut bacteria. Um, so, um, you know, I, I, to answer your question on the frozen fruits, I use a ton of them and, and, and I love them. And, you know, I, I don't even like, um, thaw them out when I put them in my, um, my Tupperwares because they just thaw out themselves. So I make the Tupperwares and then I just put them in the fridge. I eat my oatmeal cold. I don't heat it back up. It's great. All right. So you've answered my question, which was you take, you take the frozen you put it into the Tupperware, you put it in the fridge, and that's how you do it. Because I was wondering how you do that transition. So if you do it a day before, by the next morning, it's thawed out, and you can put it on there. So, 100%. Okay. 100%. And, and most of the people that do that, that get into this habit of making the multiple days, which is probably hundreds of people that I've worked with over the years, they really like it so much that they tend to um, just put it in the fridge and then just they just eat it cold. So my, my, my oatmeal plus five plus four, here's what's in there. It's probably more like oatmeal plus 12 plus four, which is um, I put, I always put cinnamon in. So I, I just start off by putting some cinnamon in my Tupperwares and then I'll put like some sliced almonds. I like those. I just get some from Trader Joe's, drop not even very many in. There's maybe five or 10 of them in there. They're sliced, so it's a tiny amount. And then I do, you know, black, uh, bananas, blackberries, blueberries, strawberries. Uh, I don't know if I said raspberries. Trader Joe's got some great frozen raspberries. So I'm on a total frozen Trader Joe's raspberries kick right now. Um, I do the same thing with blueberries lately. 
you know, I usually cut some dates in. I have some red grapes in there. I love red grapes, red or green. I like the red ones. Doesn't matter. My, I got my kids some cotton candy grapes the other day or something, or some gum gumdrop grapes, whatever. They're all they're all good. I usually cut. What I do is when I make my <clears throat> oatmeal plus five plus four. I'll cut up a bunch of fruit for my family. So that usually means some pears, that usually means some bananas, some mangoes. And I really try and give my kids <clears throat> every day some, some combination of a fruit bowl. And I think if we look at the world, I would say most kids never have that. Um, and I have to push my kids a little bit uh, to eat all of it because it's a pretty big bowl. And sometimes I'll make deals with them if you eat this, you know. I'll eat this. The most important thing is uh, if you can put four or five different fruits in the bowl for them, they're already getting four or five different plants into their gut bacteria, which is really, really important for good health. Maybe you do that with uh, your daughter when you're making food, if you're not already doing that. Yeah, so I, I try. She's a very picky eater. I'm working on it. But the next question, when you thaw out the frozen, how long do they last in the fridge? When I make my oatmeal plus five plus four, um, I don't make more than four or five days worth. Um, though that's fine, but after that, I think uh, I think it starts to become a little rancid, right? So um, that's that's what I've been doing lately. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, no, it does. I, I'm trying to just. I, I did the fresh fruit for a couple of weeks, but it's you got to go to the market. You know, you got to get the grapes, you got to get the pears, and the greens the apples, the bananas, I chop it up and I put it in, and then it's two, three days, right, and it's done. So I have the frozen for the smoothies. I've never transitioned um, to the oatmeal. I want to do it, so I'll try it now. Um, I will Fro try it Fro now. Frozen is just as healthy, if not more healthy. Everywhere, everywhere I've read, I've studied it extensively. They're picked at the height of freshness. It's, it's great. It's really about getting the diversity of the different nutrients and phytonutrients into, into our body. You know, a lot of, uh, you know, sometimes I'll be working with people and something might come up where it, it feels like people are deficient in blood work or deficient in nutrients in their body. Or, uh, and so we talk about, do you want to supplement with some vitamins? And we could have a whole discussion around whether or not we should supplement with vitamins or not. I think the answer is it depends. If you have somebody like me who has Crohn's disease where I have some absorption issues with nutrients into my body, I've experimented and I find I do better with some really, really high quality um, nutrients, uh, some, some supplements, and uh, I take some magnesium also just because I'm an athlete. And when I don't take magnesium, I get this strange twitching in my calves. And when I take it, it's kind of quelled a little bit. So, But I, ideally, I'd rather get it all from food. Right, and if you're eating that oatmeal plus five plus four, you're getting a ton of nutrients from from food alone, which is great. And I think you said, did I ever figure out what vitamins are the best ones, multivitamins? Yeah, and added like pure base multivitamin, like uh, whatever the multivitamin plus or whatever, and then you add on vitamin E, vitamin D, vitamin C. I don't know, apple cider pills, whatever these things are. Did you ever come up with a mix that was? almost perfect or recommended? Yeah, I take a, um, a, a multivitamin by a company called Thorne, T-H-O-R-N-E, and um, they have a, 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 these vitamins you take, uh, they call them AMPM, and you take three of them in the morning, three of them at night, and um, I find them to be really good with all everything I need. I have a mutation that has to deal with folic acid, and they give you the right uh, 
folic acid type and everything. And so I take those three in the morning, three at night. They're, they're not cheap. They're like 60 or 62 bucks a month. Uh, they're the company that I investigated really broadly about the products they make and kind of who takes them and, you know, who has done research on them and written research reports on them. Those are the best ones. And then I take uh, three magnesium, same company, Thorne. I take three magnesium pills in the morning, three at the end of the day. I'm on the heavy side of those for sure, just to, just because I have some things in my body going on with the Crohn's. Uh, and then I take uh, uh, what are called spirulina and chlorella um, little tabs. I used to take the powder, but now I found some tabs that I like that I take. So I take some of those in the morning, some of those at night. The spirulina and chlorella is great. It's got a lot of nutrients in it. It's got some, some protein in it. So I take those. And that's the mix that works best for me. I think it depends for every person. And how do you figure that out? Like, how do you get is it the blood work? And then when the blood work comes back, it tells us what we need. Well, yeah. And look, and the blood work is, you know, only I think the ranges are like really small of what is out of range. So I forget what it is, but I think it's only like 2% on the bottom and 2% on the top are out of range. Otherwise, everything will look normal. So to me, getting blood work and determining whether or not one has enough nutrients in their system as a result of getting that blood work isn't enough. It's never been enough for me. Now, I have Crohn's, as I've said a few times in this call, and um, I get anemia sometimes. Um, because, which is, a, which is, which is low iron as a result of absorption issues. But once I started to eat the way I eat and just get, um, all my nutrients pretty much from food. And then I was also supplementing, uh, I, I have not been anemic. I've not had any Crohn's flare-ups now in 10 years. I've not been hospitalized in over 10 years since I started following my program. Um, you know, there, one way to get, uh, iron into your body is if you have a green, with vitamin C, they say that the body uh, absorbs um, the iron into the body from the greens by a multiple of five. So you compound the absorption into your body if you just mix fruits together. This is fruits and um, vegetables together. This is why I'm so focused on the oatmeal plus five plus four. I took a course from Cornell maybe 10 or 11 years ago uh, where I got a uh, certification in plant-based nutrition from Cornell. And the thing I took away the most from that class, and I've said this on other podcasts, but it was that the nutrient on nutrient interaction between different uh, fruits and vegetables, nuts and seeds is massive, whether it's the, the five times compound I just talked about of iron to um, just you know, having the oatmeal plus five plus four, where you get a lot more interaction between the phytonutrients and you get a lot more absorption into the body of the different nutrients. And so um, that's one of the reasons I think it's great to uh, expand and eat, eat a lot of different things. But I think that the, the way that I have, it, it's really trial and error. So if you just told me, oh, my blood works great. I mean, I see tons of people that come to me, everyone I work with, I want to get blood work, as you know, and a lot of people come to me and I was like, let's get some blood work. Let's look, just because you look good doesn't mean that you look good under the hood. Let's see what it looks like. You know, and I want people to get the full CBC. I'm not a doctor, of course, but I've been through this enough, <laughs> the blood work stuff enough myself. Um, and I want people to get their vitamin D taken very often. If people are not taking and spending time in the sun, their vitamin D is very low. It's very easy to get vitamin D from the sun if we just spend some time outside every day. You know, I want people to, I want to look at some inflammation markers. I want to look at uh, cholesterol and triglycerides. There's some books that have come out over the last few years that look at LDL or HDLP, which are the particle level. So they, they really kind of zoom in and look at the particle level information. 
Um, I don't think that that is that refined yet, but um, you know, I think even some people have some look, their blood work looks good and their cholesterol looks good, but when they go and have that test, it looks really bad. Right. And, and I've seen that a lot. And so to me, just because one's blood work comes back and somebody's like, Oh, it's fine. To me, it's not fine. It's not just about the blood work. And it sometimes takes decades for our, our, our ailments in our body to show up as bad blood work. Right. So I think Jeff, that it's about um, how you feel. It's about energy levels. It is somewhat to, um, blood work can help identify the real outliers. Right. But for me, like when I take them, uh, you know, when I study, okay, I'm not taking them for a while. How's my performance as an athlete? How's my recovery as an athlete? How do I feel? What are my energy levels? What is my twitching like in my leg? When I first went to a doctor with the twitching in my leg, he's like, oh my God, you, you it looks like Lou Gehrig's disease. Has anybody in your family ever had Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS? I was like, yeah, my uncle died of ALS. Well, we got to get you tested. You might have ALS, right? And so I don't have ALS and I just uh, have this weird twitching in one of my calves pretty severely. And when I take the magnesium and I'm good with the food and I'm good with the vitamins and everything, that twitching goes down to a level that it doesn't look like at least ALS, you know, you wouldn't notice it unless I pointed it out to you. Is it, do you get a cramp or is it just twitching? I get both. Um, I, I sometimes get uh, what is described by doctors as uh, restless leg syndrome in bed, um, where I can get these severe, severe, severe Charlie horses, or uh, just severe, like what I'll, it feels like bruising. I had it the other night when I got out of bed. And what's interesting is that I've put, kind of been off the, the eating a little healthier, and I could just see my body deteriorate. I could see the, the cramps I start getting in my calves and other places. Whereas I know when I'm much better on my program and I'm, you know, eating, you know, mostly unprocessed food and I'm keeping my stress down, I'm sleeping, et cetera, et cetera, then I, I, am much better. But certainly when it comes to the calf crampings and things like that, um, you know, supplementing with good, healthy foods and vegetables, fruits and vegetables, nuts and seeds, and maybe taking some, you know, vitamins, you know, for me, that would, that works. But many people I coach, they don't take the vitamins, you know, they don't need to, they feel like they get it from food and they don't have any other health issues. And so they don't have to worry about it, you know? Yeah. I just, I mean, I'll probably, I'll send you an email, I'll list out all the things I've been taking and I feel good with it. I just didn't know too much, too little, you know, I think anything that too much, um, gets, washed out in your system anyway um so so then the other thing is can i just can i just interject on that i want to say a couple more things about vitamins since we're talking about them the first thing is that if you do the research and you go read and you look around there will be many people that say that vitamins have absolutely no value there is no proof to them whatsoever okay and that it's a complete waste of money and i hear this all the time from people and I have thought about this extensively for me and for others, right? And so it's a very personal decision in everybody's body and genetics and mutations and all these different things um, might result in uh, some of the supplements helping you and maybe not helping you. For me, I just know I'm balanced. I've studied this enough. It's very interesting. If I run out of my magnesium and um, like I just subscribe on Amazon, they come every month, I over order. So then eventually I have to turn off a month or two. Uh, but if I just, if I run out of the magnesium and I stop taking it, literally a day or two later when I'm not taking it anymore, I will start to get the severe cramping in my calves, right? So when you know that kind of stuff and you've dialed in the way I have, you know it's true. Now, you know, there are a lot of companies out there that make really, really poor quality or I'll call them crappy vitamins. 
and they 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 stuff these vitamins or these capsules with not even vitamin stuff. It's just complete BS. It's not a regulated industry. There's no checks on it really at all. Very very few checks, and so it's really really tough to know. Which is why I spent so much time you know investigating it all. Which is why I try and get it from food as much as I can. But I do need to supplement personally. But it might not it might not work for others. But if we are going to supplement, you do want to get the highest quality uh, you can. All right, so you're saying the Costco stuff no good, and I got to go to Nathan Fountain or whatever you call The answer is I don't know. I, I used to take the Costco stuff. You know, I used to take the fish oil pills. Now I just get the omega-3s from, uh, I get it from flaxseed. Uh, I'd rather get it from a plant source, a more pure source, you know, versus getting it from fish or fish oil where I don't know as much about where it comes from. At least I know from a plant source, uh, I feel more comfortable with it. Um, but I used to take fish oil pills for years and years and years and years, right? So the answer is, I don't know. Uh, I, I do know that it is worth you educating yourself a little bit to understand, completely understand what you are putting into your body, right? And and I started off earlier on this call saying a lot of, a lot of people are sending me pictures of of what they're eating. And I can tell from the pictures, Ooh, what's that? And I'll ask these questions and it's, it's gotta be torture for people to have to respond to me on those questions. And I'm not trying to torture people. I'm just trying to problem solve about maybe why somebody isn't losing weight or, or, or maybe why somebody isn't recovering as well, or maybe why somebody's getting hurt a lot. Like there's just so many factors. And so I usually say, Oh, okay, that looks like this. Send me a picture of the ingredients of the dressing. And then they'll send me the, I can always tell if it takes people a while to send me the picture of the ingredients. I know what that is. They've looked at it and they've represented to me that it's totally good. But then when they really look at it, it's not good. Right. And so this is, if there's one other thing, I think it's so important for our health is read the ingredients. You know, I never used to read the ingredients. I had no idea that there was eggs or egg yolks in the Ben and Jerry's ice cream I used to eat. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Right. But I have, I have an allergy to eggs. And I never knew that when I was eating ice cream because who thinks there's going to be eggs in ice cream, right? At least I didn't think there was going to be eggs in ice cream. So I don't know the answer, but just read the ingredients and do your own research and satisfy yourself. Well, so you bring up an amazing thing which I didn't realize. Now I have to go back. Is Madison's allergic to eggs? Jeff, I'm having a little bit. I'm I'm sorry, Jeff. I'm having a little bit. Can you repeat that, please? Madison is allergic to eggs, and we gave her vanilla ice cream, and she usually couldn't have it, but we didn't look at the ingredients, and it might have been egg yolks that caused her allergic reaction, and not vanilla beans, per se. Who, who is that? Matt, my daughter, is allergic to eggs, and I yeah. never heard that eggs were in ice cream. So now I'm going to go check the labels of ice cream, because she won't go near ice cream now because she had an allergic reaction. Well, a couple things. My allergy, I've been able to... Um... I've been able to kind of narrow it down. So it used to be, I mean, I have so many allergies. My allergist, you know, calls me the end of one. I'm allergic to pretty much everything on the sun, but I figured out how to navigate around it where it's not a problem. But for me, um, if I was to have pancakes or, you know, waffles or anything that has eggs in it and the egg was at all undercooked, that's when I have the severe allergy. If you go and hard boil me an egg um, or cook it, it won't be as severe. Uh, I will still have it, but it won't be as severe. So for me, and that might be true of your daughter, or she might have a full-fledged allergy to eggs across the board. But so when I, 
it was easy for me when I finally decided, decided to cut eggs out. Um, now, I don't have any problems with eggs. Somebody asked me today, hey, are eggs okay? Organic eggs are fine. Just make sure they're organic, as we talked about before. You don't want the antibiotics, uh, they stuff into the chickens, into your gut bacteria. But uh, so I haven't been able to find anything anywhere that eggs are bad for you. And you, you think to the plant-based people out there and they'll say, oh, you should be plant-based, you should eat all plants. I don't, I don't agree with that. I think it's more important to have as much unprocessed food as possible. There's a, ter there's a term called, um, I think it's pegan, which is a, it's, a, it's like a combination between a paleo person that pretty much eats mostly unprocessed food and a vegan, which pretty much eats you know, plants, hopefully not like my mail carrier who at one point I think weighed over 400 pounds and she said, I'm a vegan. Well, it's, you know, you can be an unhealthy vegan and you can eat like all unprocessed food, but the combination of an unhealthy, sorry, an unprocessed paleo person and a vegan person is probably best. I don't like all the labels. You know how you have all these different labels that the paleo people will say, we can't have nuts that come out of the ground or legumes. I don't, I don't believe any of that. I, I just believe that if you have unprocessed food, uh, healthy unprocessed food, that you're good to go. But yeah, Jeff, you should definitely check with your daughter about the eggs and you may want to think about uh, if you're cooking things that have egg in it, you know, if, if, if your daughter is going to the bathroom like instantaneously after, after the first bite or two for me, when I have pancakes where the, where the eggs are undercooked, you know, it, it gets life-changing actually if you can identify that issue. Yeah, thanks. Um, who else is on the call with us, Jeff? Uh, I think it's just me and you now. No, Justin's here. Oh, hey, Justin. And I see Shruti's on, too. How's everyone hey, doing? Hi. Hi, how are you? Good. We're talking about uh, food. Uh, yeah, actually, I have a thing or two to say about that. So eggs, for instance, I can only eat eggs when in baked stuff. Otherwise, I cannot uh, take eggs. So you have the and same allergy probably I do then or sensitivity, allergy, sensitivity, whatever, you know? It, yes. And it actually, it started because I ha also have, since whenever I can remember, I have always been anemic. So somehow, Were you on when we were talking, we, we talked about anemia a little bit. Were you on when we were talking about that here? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So this is a little combination of things, which is back in India, at some point, I still remember I was maybe in elementary or middle school. They put me on a diet where they would mix a raw egg in milk, and that is what I was supposed to have at least. Yeah, once Rocky, a day. you're like Rocky Balboa, <laughs> you know, training, training the box. But I, was, <laughs> but I was so acutely anemic at the time that that's the only thing that. But I think what happened was, as a result, because initially it was fine, and as a result, over time. I developed some kind of an allergy and ever since I've never been able to have undercooked eggs or any form. So maybe in baked stuff, I think the quantity of egg becomes so little and it's, uh, it's gets cooked so well. So it doesn't affect me as badly. Yeah. But I think I've, that's right. Same thing I have. Yeah. But I cannot have any other form of egg ever. So, so that, but I also have to, uh, uh, I had a comment about the earlier part, nutrition. Uh, like I said, I've always been uh, very severely anemic. In fact, a couple of years ago, my blood 
level dropped so much. Um, my father-in-law is a doctor and he called me and he said, you need to get to a doctor right away. Um, it was, I think, seven point something. And um, so I never thought, of course, I started taking, you know, those iron pills with folic acid and all of that. And it, it got more to some level, respectable level. But I have to say that I followed your sort of diet protocol through the, through the marathon training. And I think it was the first time in my adult life that I was not anemic without having taken pills or anything of the sort. And I was so thrilled. <laughs> I can't tell you. That's so, awesome. And I think that um, it's, fu it's funny because I think back to your training, I've said this before, and you know the, the, the recovery and the injuries and things, but for you, it's more important. And particularly hearing the story about eggs, it means you definitely have a sensitivity to eggs or it might have, you might have uh, yeah. other allergies. Are you allergic to other things too? Do you have pollen allergies and things? So I have, uh, over time I have developed, it started with spring, then it was spring and fall. Now it's spring, summer, fall, because I also have grass pollen allergy. Yep. And in recent years, it's been some amount of food as well. So any fruits with skin uh, that have a potential to absorb pollen, like apples I can't eat, and uh, a number of other you know, cherries I can't eat, so things like that. Anything that has skin which has the potential for holding pollen under the skin uh i can't eat any of those fruits yeah, but I, uh, that. I have i have the same thing and it's fascinating because when i was a kid i used to eat an apple and my mouth would itch and i never knew that was an allergy who knows that nobody even knows and then yeah. one day maybe 12 years ago uh my half sister was in new york her name is patience mm -hmm. And um, somebody was like, hey, let's have this apple. And I said, I can't have that. I'm allergic to it. And then she said the same thing. And, and so when I heard that, I said, oh, that's interesting. I never knew that before. And I went to my doctor and my doctor, my allergist explained to me what you just said, Shruti, which is like, it, you're allergic, Jim, you're allergic to pollen and grass pollen and every type of pollen. Uh, and there's nobody that has ever seen me struggle more with allergies than Justin on the phone. I'm going to kick to him. He can talk about the one time that we had to leave Madison because of it. My allergy is so severe. But um, mm -hmm. now, I, now I wouldn't have that problem because I know how to, I know how to beat it, right? But, um, you know, uh, the doctor said, yeah, you, anything that has uh, the absorption of pollen into the skins will cause you likely to be an allergy. And, she, and, and even if I would have frozen cherries at the time, this is about 10 or 12 years ago, I was allergic. And she said that was really, that was really on the high end of allergies, you know, and they've done the stick tests on my arm where they stick all the different things in your arm. And I'm sick for a week after that and everything lights up. The only thing I'm not allergic to are cockroaches and mice. And it's funny, I'm from Wisconsin to New York City, and that's the only two things I'm not allergic to. But I will tell you that I have also proven to myself that I can beat those allergies. Now I can have the frozen, or I can have if cherries, like if I if they're frozen, I put them in my oatmeal plus five plus four. I can have those now. I really don't have much of a reaction to them uh, because you can build your system up to beat some of these allergies over time if your body is living holistically and you're nurturing your gut bacteria, right? And so I really don't have many of these allergies. I don't really have the seasonal allergies anymore. And people told me when I changed my, the way I live and I changed the way I eat and I started living a holistic life that, that the allergies might go away. And I really, 
you know, I'm allergic to soy a little bit and everything too, but I, you know, I really don't have the allergy problems anymore. Shruti, for you, you should be trying to build in, my advice to you would be try to build in once every other day or so, maybe every day is just get a Nutribullet or something and put a bunch of greens in there and put some, any type of fruit has vitamin C. And that will almost guarantee that you will not be anemic or you will not get pernicious anemia as a result of just trying to make sure you keep your body nurtured. I will try anything at this point because I went to an allergist and they did the same test with poking all those, you know, 60 kinds of different allergens and stuff. And the only option she gave me was like a five-year program where, you know, you start with going every week or every other day and then it reduces and you have to go get yourself uh, sort of injected with all the allergens that you have allergies to and then your body sort of builds immunity over time i am allergy shots i I wish i would have had those as a kid but they don't want to give them to me because of my weakened quote weakened immune system due to crohn's and i also have something else called eosinophils esophagitis have you ever heard of that they call it ee which is my my esophagus gets swollen and they say it's generally an allergy thing now i have crohn's so they say from mouth to anus i can have anywhere in the track it get inflamed. And obviously, since I changed my life and started following my program with all the foods and holistic things that I really don't have it. But over the last three or four years, sometimes my esophagus gets gets so swollen that I have a hard time swallowing. I've had a few things get stuck in there. And it's all about the allergens, you know, and things. And so like you'd have to, I'd have to completely eliminate all the fruits and vegetables and everything and figure out maybe it still is a little bit of the cherries and some of the skins. I mean, I, when I put apples in my smoothies, I peel the skins off. When I eat um, potatoes or sweet potatoes, I almost always peel the skins because I'm allergic to all those things also. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming you don't have that problem in your esophagus, which is good. No, I'm good for on that one. But then how do you, how did you fight it? Like, just by, I try. I, I for me, if I do, you know, nine eighty to a hundred percent unprocessed food, and I really am careful about making sure I don't have any apple skins, fruit skins. You know, you know the problem is that once when I was in India a few times, uh, I, you know, I would have these awesome fruit bowls from these awesome places in India, but I would always have an allergic reaction. So I would have to go to the chef at these like hotels, and I'd say, look. If you cut a pineapple, you need to use a different knife for the apple and you need to use a different knife for the pear, et cetera. And, and if I'm really good about that, my, my EE, my sinful esophagitis is usually pretty manageable. But if I'm little, you know, I don't follow my stuff as much and I use the same knife and I start to get some of the, those allergies into my body through my uh, smoothies, then, you know, I think that's what sometimes can inflame my esophagus a little bit. Got it, got I don't it. know if you have the same thing, but if you ever go out and eat somewhere and they are cutting all your fruits with the same knife, that can cause, for what you have, that certainly can cause an allergic reaction. So I'm really careful about it. Now, I think one of the best ways to manage your health is to make your own food. It should be on one of my lists of things. But if you can't make your own food, which is not possible for everybody, then people with allergies like you have, sure, do you really do have to pay attention to that stuff. Yeah, I I hear you. Like a couple of times, like I I love fruits and everything. And once or twice, you know, I just got so fed up. So I said, okay, I'm going to have an apple today. So I just bit into an apple. Mm, And then I know like for the next 20 minutes, I'm going to be in a lot of pain. 
I Hello? lost you. I lost yeah, you. I can hear you. Yeah. Itch, itching in your mouth is what you get in your tongue, right? Yes, my yeah. tongue sort of freezes. I mean, it's it's numb and throat is itchy and yeah. it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like you just got to make sure you don't have it. You 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 just can't. I mean, you you have something that I have and I know it and so I just can't. And even when I cut like let's say I cut my apple skins off, put it in my um Vitamix and then I shave a pear without washing down the peeler like that even that little bit is going to bug me a little bit you know not enough to like not like eating an apple is the worst that's when my tongue is going to be the worst by far yeah yeah i mean i've gotten better over time i've figured out what the do's and don'ts and so i just go by that but it's it's uh I hope that uh, people listening to this, though, will take away that um, food allergies are pretty common and we maybe can get them down a little bit like I have if we eat really healthy. But like it's kind of like if something bothers you, you should avoid it because it's going to keep bothering you. You just might have that's just what your body, how your body deals with things. Right. So I cannot go and eat an apple like you did. I will pay for it. I'm not willing to pay for it anymore. I'm old enough to have been through it enough that I know. But there are many people that are going to be listening to this that will have no idea that, you know, because they're allergic to pollen, they can't eat fruit skins or can't eat, um, you know, potato skins, you know, because of the pollen in the skins. It's the chemical yeah. composition in those skins that contains the pollen that is going to, is the reason you have the allergy. What, what, one second. Justin, I see you dropped in your back. You want to say I'm anything back. about allergies? You want to talk about the time? Uh, Do you remember that time that we were in Madison? We had to drive Oh, back? my God. Let's hear yeah, it. Yeah, that was probably your worst. Like, uh, I knew that Jim was struggling because, well, he his eyes were, like, super red. I remember that. And, and you weren't talking very much. <laughs> so I knew that there's something definitely wrong with Jim. <laughs> yeah, that's about um, right. Yeah, I remember we you you struggled the whole way home, and I think it, if I remember right, you had lived in you were living in New York at the time, and I think maybe coming back to Madison in like the fall, yeah, you know, fall. just that huge like you're going from an area that's not that, um, you know, it doesn't have all the allergens in the air, not as much anyway. And then it's just, you're, you're in the middle of like just absolute fall weather. And you're just like, you're done. Yeah. And I still have never been able to exactly pinpoint what it is. If it's the ragweed or if it's the pollen or whatever it is. But when I moved to New York 28 years ago, living in New York, training with allergies in Wisconsin and going to New York is like, New York's like nothing. I would have no fall allergies. Basically, even if I'm in Central Park, it's nothing. But whenever I go back to Wisconsin, at least when I used to go back to Wisconsin, before I changed my life 10 years ago, I'd get hit. Now I can go back to Wisconsin, I won't get hit. Because I have figured out that living uh, healthy and, and making sure I manage what I put into my body holistically and managing my gut bacteria has resulted in me not really having those kind of allergies anymore. It's crazy. That's right. What do you want to talk about, Justin? Good, good hearing from you. I was just, of course, multitasking like everybody, but um, I was, I was at Sophia's cross country meet. How'd she do? She had, uh, I think she didn't have a good race. Um, she, I, I think it was a little hotter here today. Um, it's 77 right now at six o'clock. Wow. So it's pretty, that's pretty warm for a race and it had been cool here. 
What's a duplex? So she, that's a good question. I don't know, but it feels muggy to me. Um, so I think that 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 hit her. I think she went out too fast. To you know, she she went out fast early, and then because she felt good, and then it hit her. And her last race, she was like right around eight minute miles, and she was right. like right, she was like right on it. She was like, um, she was you know her all three of her miles paces were almost exactly at, at eight. So she did a good job with pacing, and she was all over the map today. That's great. Cause she That's got tired. Seventy six degrees there. Current dew point is fifty four. So fifty four is raceable, but seventy six degrees, as we all know, in the fall in Skokie, Illinois feels like a hundred because it's already starting to cool down there. So when it warms up like that, it's just different, you know? Yeah. Cause we've had a pretty cool weather for the last couple of weeks. So this feels like really hot. Um, but uh, she's doing good. I think she, she was like disappointed. She's not doing better, but I told her that, you know, you know, don't put pressure on yourself. Just try to improve yourself. Don't worry about everybody else. And, um, and I was thinking in my mind, really, the, the the key for her is to do more in the off season because that's where she'll really, you know, pay more dividends. You know what I mean? Where well, I she think, didn't really uh, keep it going. I think that is depends. If she can be the type of athlete that you have been or I have been, where you spend that time to spend you know three months where you're just doing something easy and you're changing your metabolism such that you become metabolically efficient aerobically and then you go into track season oh my you know but you know i've right. coached a number of teenagers uh one girl i coach ran a 505 mile um when she wow. was 12 and she's like That's elite crazy. level and she just you know when you when you get to be 14 or 15 and you're working with Jim in, this, in your summer before you're thinking about, you know, running cross country and you don't really, you, you much rather go on Snapchat or <laughs> TikTok or whatever, than go out and focus right. on metabolic efficiency training. It's hard, you know? All right. So I guess my goal for her will be like try to get her in the off season to do, you know, to do that, to do, you know, her, you know, you know, just keep the, running going do it at a, at a you know keep her heart rate down and if she can do that all the way up until the season starts then she'll be way better off so hopefully we can we can accomplish that um yeah the way i think about it is when i ran track i, I went into that three mile run on the first day of track practice the test and i hated it and that was like oh my god that's so far i'm not i'm a sprinter i don't want to run this distance right but you know it really comes when i think and then i couldn't move for three days after that and i just remember sitting in the bathtub every night trying to make my legs feel better it's just time what <laughs> heals it but you know it's really about coming in the season somewhat in shape versus just doing nothing and then hitting the first day of track and you're not or cross country and you're not doing anything cross country runners need to be you know doing what you said just preparing more. right absolutely Spiders. and i call her you know the Go beauty ahead. of running is if you put the work in you can get better i mean that's you have to have a love for it. I think, you know, I went out and did a, a, yeah. you know, a run this morning. You know, I took like a month off cause I had this toe issue and I've been running again. And, you know, I had this, I've been running, you know, for a week now, maybe or two. And like my run this morning was better than it was the day before and better than the day before that, you know, and when you go out and you run, you keep it easy and you keep that first mile really, really, really easy, easier than you think is easy. 
like a jog, you know, and you're looking down at your watch, at least I am, and my pace is definitely slow, like really slow, like maybe two or three minutes slower than what I normally would be for a run. And all of a sudden, by the end of the first mile, you feel really good, and all of a sudden your split is pretty close to where you normally would be for that first mile or where your overall um, – you know, pace would be. So maybe for me, that means that I'm looking out on my watch and the first half of the first mile is like 11 or 12 minute miles, which is slow for me. It's all relative. It's different for every person. And all of a sudden I'm looking down on my watch and, you know, by the end of the first mile, you know, I'm, I'm looking at my heart rate and I happen to see my pace. And it's like, Oh, I'm going to split this first mile at, you know, 10 flat, you know? Okay, great. You know, and then the second mile I'm looking down, my heart rate's just as low and I'm going to split the second mile at 930 something. And my heart rate's still low. That's awesome. You know, and you start to see your progress, but that just requires a consistency in training, you know? Right. So I think she would benefit from that. Tell her I said congratulations either way. It's all about being a part of something and doing it, you know? Right. This is good for her. Hopefully Um, she likes it, you know, but I just got to get her to do it, you know, when it's not season. But we got to keep going. If you want to improve. If you don't, then that's fine. That's right. But if you like it, do it. it. You know, if you don't like it, don't do it. Kaya turned 12 yesterday. And, uh, oh, she, yeah, awesome. can you believe it? Michaela's 14 a couple weeks ago. And, and Kaya's down at the beach right now um, at Doheny Beach doing volleyball. You know, Michaela's about that's to go and do her four hours of gymnastics. And I'll go pick both of them up, you know, in a little bit here. And they love it. They, they want to be doing it. You know, we tell them, if you don't want to do that, then what do you want to do? You got to do something because if these kids are left to their own devices. They will sit around and be on TikTok all day long and won't do anything. <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt about that. Um, uh, that's right. Especially in the winter is going to be a challenge. I think it's going to be a challenge for everybody. Um, well, you have a treadmill not so in your much house. For people. It won't be as challenging for people in California, but yeah, it'll be challenging for The weather out here is amazing, but you have a treadmill. And if the, if I, I was to make an investment, if I lived in Skokie, Illinois, and I had a house, I would have an elliptical machine in there, and I would have a treadmill, and I would probably at this point have a Peloton or something like it. We have a bike, Jim. Yeah. I beat you to the punch. Send a picture. We have a bike. Uh, I will. doesn't have to be a Peloton. Again, it's all just about getting the heart rate up. The body thrives and we get our heart rate. Uh, it can be easy. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm on my way home and I'm going to cut Joaquin's hair. You're going to cut Barbara. it. Yeah. You. Okay. Take a picture yeah. before and after, please. Because I would like to make fun <laughs> of the result. <laughs> and I'm going to go for a ride. I'm, I'm going to take a ride to the, um, through the forest preserve. Nice. Uh, so, is what my goal is for tonight. I've done a couple of runs in the last week, so great. I keep it up. So, Got you. Have any uh, races or any virtual things you want to do? No, but I need to do that. That is a good, yeah, good point. I need to get something on the calendar. Are there virtual options? Not that many, you know. Uh, I think NYC has a virtual option. I don't know if you, I just uh, sent around an email uh, last night with a link to the show that we did or the, you know, the zoom we did last week. And this guy, Tim, who's a badger is on there who just ran um, 
he ran Boston virtually. He went over to Death Valley and did it. And um, he's a sub wow. 240. He's a sub 240 marathoner. It's worth listening wow. to him about his planning and how he has to have a goal on. He had COVID. He was up in Dorp County. His wife got COVID. He got COVID. It's pretty interesting. Wow. I think that you would like it if you just listen to it. We got lots of badgers on this show for sure. <laughs> That's great. Talk about badgering, Jim. How do you badger your body into this metabolic zone that you're talking about? Well, I mean, you've been doing easy training. It's really just about consistency and trying to get at least five or six hours a week in the zone. But it's not just about that. You know, if we have debauchery across the board other than training, it's going to be hard to become metabolically efficient. You know, but if we're sleeping and we're moving consistently, that's going to be a challenge for you. You've got to figure out how to move more, I think, whether you're on your calls or whatever. Um, and about trying to eat as much, you know, healthy food as possible and you're, and you sleep. It's great. We were talking about parking a car there and, you know, um, I finally made the decision that I'm not going to that hour and a half time that on average or hour that I have to find, uh, spend looking for a parking space is not worth it for my health. So I'm willing to spend the money as much as it sucks. You can get a much better deal right now in COVID than 500 a month. Right. Uh, you know. It might be worth it. It might not be worth it. But I know just the, just the act of sitting in that car for an hour, when I get out of that car after looking for a space for an hour, I feel like I'm 100 years old when I get out of the car. Whereas I can go park it in a garage, feel real good, and use that hour to get some exercise in or go shopping or, you know, spend time on my health or, or just my sanity. You know, the stress alone looking for a spot really sucks, you know. That's, that's, that's yeah, where I'm at in my point. life. And, you know, the, there's no amount of money that, um, well, there is an amount of money, but it's worth, it's, it's worth the money to park in a lot. Or, mo or move. Or move. Uh, you know, it's nice having a driveway. Hey, I don't know. Yeah. Hey, I don't know if you looked at my uh, progress in the last couple of months, but I ran 17 out of 18 last week. Yeah, I've done two tens. I felt good. Not fast, but I felt good. I was better on the second half than on the first half. But on the, the reason I bring this up was, and I had this conversation with my cousin who started doing CrossFit stuff and like doing an hour a day, like three times a week. And I have no strength in my legs. So I'm dying. My legs are dying before my cardiovascular abilities. Um, so I, you know, I always say it, but I got to get back into the leg thing. Yeah, you said your cardiovascular is fine, but your legs are like rubber by the time you get to 18? Not even rubber. They're just tired and sore. And, you know, I get yeah. a, I got a cramp in my, I got my, you know, I get a, something will go, like one adductor will go on the left. And then that, the right hamstring will start compensating, you know, and all that other stuff. I have noticed during my runs, I don't know if you know this, my Achilles are really tight for the first, typically the first, I don't know, good three miles. And then I'll do a couple of stretches. And once they loosen up, I'm so much happier. Um, but anyway, it just goes back to the conversation we're having about doing all these things. And one thing I, you know, I honestly have neglected is the strength training on the legs and, and it's killing me. It's absolutely killing me. Yeah. I think that the strength, I think there's a couple of things. I think walking 10 minutes before your run is always really important. I think moving generally throughout the day can differentiate between stiffness and non-stiffness. And it's really important to try and move consistently. Uh, I think that is just, just just so important and, and then doing the strength you know where you're 
do working on your core and your glutes and you're doing kind of step ups and other things that are really good for stability. So you feel strong and upright and not wobbly. Uh, if we're not strong and we're not focusing on our core and our glutes, we become wobbly. And as we become wobbly, as the time goes on during our run, then it, you know, we have more of a propensity to get hurt. 